Okay, I have a full cup of coffee and a Christmas mug, peppermint mocha creamer. If it didn't affect the sound, I'd be spinning Mariah Carey's Christmas album in the background. Let's go. Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. And right now you can vote in our um, 2023 One Tree Hill Christmas holiday bracket. We forgot to workshop a name, but this works. No, we I are- have a name. You're not Allison. We still forgot to workshop it. Hang on. No, that's first I day of the 12 days of One Tree Hill Christmas movie bracket. Oh, but by the time you're listening to this, it's like the fourth day. You can vote in our 12 days of One Tree Hill Christmas movie bracket, where for our holiday Patreon this year, we are watching a Lifetime or Netflix original, Lifetime or Hallmark, Netflix, Lifetime or Hallmark original Christmas movie starring one of the ladies of One Tree Hill. You guys have to tell us which one. It's fun. It's holiday it's everything we ever want get on it do it and then you can if you're a patreon supporter where you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash hold up i don't know if i said that um you can then listen to that episode yes. we definitely need to be drinking we need to schedule that one in like the afternoon or evening and when no, we have no other because i think we need to be drinking like mulled wine or something Yes, I agree. I also kind of like as I've been this is this has been my brainchild, this bracket and my, my she's been working hard guys. that I'm putting out into the world. You guys didn't see over and Thanksgiving trying to figure out how to make a bracket. Listen, little did I know that you have to have multiples of four, right? Who knew? But also you then asked Ben, like of the men in the house at Thanksgiving, the least sportsy. But he like rattled it off. He was like, No, you have to have sixteen. That's because which is why we originally had twelve. We originally had 12. Jana Kramer, if you're listening, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. So we originally had 12 movies because between them, Hillary Burton and Bethany Joy Lenz have made 12, count them, 12 Hallmark or Lifetime Christmas original movies. I mean, just queens, right? Like putting doing, in the work. Putting in the work for us. Um, Sophia Bush, I don't know where you're at because you've made zero lifetime and hallmark christmas movies he's um, been making chicago pd carrie sure right but that doesn't fill my heart with warmth but you can't have a bracket with 12 so i had to add in some Janet kramer movies who also to her credit has been putting in the work when it comes to lifetime and hallmark christmas movies well to be fair my idea was like just put in four burners put in like four other christmas movies and like we'll we'll juke the stats and they won't win and then you discovered that Janet kramer had a bunch and we we're like now we don't even have to juke this and then you read me the descriptions and i was like now we don't have to juke the stats and they're brilliant yeah. like we that one of those could easily win but anyway as i've been putting this bracket together i'm like i want to watch all of these so i may watch all of them there, I voted this morning um, because I have not been involved in this. So I don't know. So I like, I, I don't have my favorites. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not juking the stats. That's what I'm saying. There, I, I voted my conscience. I voted for the ones I thought sounded the best. Some like, cause a couple, one of them was just like, one of them wants to fall in love. And it's like, oh, uh, that's every one of them. No, I'm voting for the one where Bethany Joy Lentz goes back in time, obviously. Right. I, that's um, the one, I may watch that one tonight because I'm intrigued. 
Don't watch it tonight because then what if it wins? I think that one has a solid chance at winning and then you're, it's going to go out of your brain. I'll rewatch it. Fair enough. My, anyway, I don't have a husband's night, so it's you don't have a husband. Night. What is that from? You don't have a husband. It's from uh, uh, Bridesmaids. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's a prime Wait. opportunity for a little Lifetime Hallmark Christmas movie magic. Although I'm also super behind on Potomac and Salt Lake City. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's time for Christmas. We've been recording for 45 minutes and haven't mentioned the movie we watched. We haven't announced the movie we're going to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut this so far down. Carrie, <laughs> what did we watch this week for our first Christmas movie? Um, We watched This Christmas. I want to apologize which for This you Christmas. Have been... I said we were scraping the bottom of the barrel of Christmas movies. You have been gatekeeping this for me. This is better than The Family Stone. Okay, first of all, first of all, I think that every year since we started this podcast in what, like 2018, how long have we been doing this shit? I have suggested this Christmas as one of our Christmas movies. And every year it gets passed over for something else. Partially. I'm not doing that. Um, Partially because I think you were wary of the Chris Brownness of it all. Sure. Um. The Chris Brown, the Columbus so, short Chris Browniosity. It's not that I've been gatekeeping it. It's that we had prioritized other things. But we are I'm not. Sorry. This is not sca- scraping the bottom of the Christmas barrel. Oh, this, this is, is delightful. Probably one of my favorite Christmas movies. I thought this was going to be bad. Like, I thought it was going to be dumb. And then, because I never, like, you just, I, maybe it's racism. You just don't hear about it in, like, great Chris. Everyone talks about The Family Stone, which is a stupid goddamn movie. No one talks about this Christmas except you and Jamie. Ben was like, I was like, I have to watch this Christmas. Do you want to watch it with me? And he was like, yeah, I guess. And then, like, at the end of the movie, he just looked over me and went, well, that was a delightful Christmas movie. <laughs> it is, in fact, a delightful Christmas movie. <laughs> this Christmas, uh... Was made in 2007, and man, did the fashions speak to that. Uh, or came out in 2007. It holds a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, at least it's above 50, but still uh, racism. Um, it was written and directed by Preston A. Whitmore II, which is an incredible name. Also, the family in this is are called, like, Whitfield. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you, is this your family? Right, like, are these your secrets? Which Tell one are you? Are, they, are these your family secrets, Carrie? What is this Christmas about? It's not a rom-com. If you focus only on the Sharon Leal story, it is. Or the, I guess, the Regina King story? That feels, that is to That's me. That's like, like more a, family drama. Yeah, like a domestic drama. Um. Okay, so. Yeah, husband. This Christmas is about the Whitfield family. There are six siblings, I believe. Idris Elba, Regina King the fourth dream girl um Cheryl the, Leal. sure the young hot one lauren london lauren london we're gonna talk about lauren london we gotta talk about her eyebrows the belts and the eyebrows were in 2007 um lauren london columbus short chris brown there are six children okay so there's six siblings six children three boys Loretta three girls is the mother um in case you were worried there wasn't a Shonda connection, there is. There's actually a couple in this one. Oh, look at that. Um, yeah, it's a black Christmas movie. There are Shonda connections abound. There's also anyway, two cast members of the movie Dreamgirls, which led me to showing Ben like six Dreamgirls clips yesterday. 
Yeah, great. I don't I don't see what's wrong with that. That's anyway, okay. um, so the Whitfield children are all coming home for Christmas with the exception, at least presumably um, Idris Elba, because he never comes home because he's a wanderer. Um, he's, in, and... he's in a scooch of trouble, we find. Yes. Anyway, they all, have, they all have their various dramas happening with the exception really of lauren london who like is just there she's brought home her cutie boyfriend her which he is inconsequential to the plot um completely but i love i do think that keith robinson is an underrated so cute cute. that's why that's why i started showing the dream girls clips because i was like at some point there's gonna be a family sing-along because at least three of these actors four because idris elba is like a actual good professional dj like at least four of these actors are also like broadway or musical stars or like professional musicians like you have chris brown you have idris elba keith richards no robinson thank you (laughs) that would be wild keith robinson and dream girls the fourth dream girls woman um and loretta divine who is the original girls is that right isn't she was i'm pretty sure she was in the original dream girls cast uh she's not the original effie is she there's the original cast of dream girls now i can tell you where the fuck you're absolutely fucking right and do you know who i think she played the fourth dream girl or no she played the rose okay that's the third Right, the fourth dream girl is the daughter in this movie. Right. No, she played... She didn't play Effie or um, Dina. She played the Anika Noni Rose part. Mm. Which is an incredible... That's the dramatic one. That's the Eddie Murphy's lover one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Holliday also the original Effie and obviously our queen, uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph, was the original Dina. Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh my god. Shirley Ralph. There's literally yes. like, she's maybe like in the top five like most attractive people that have ever lived. Um, there's Loretta Devine. Yeah, a star, like a just a star. Uh, yeah, maybe so if anyway, I could, I could like if I was like go back and watch one original Broadway cast of a musical. I'd have to give this more thought, but Dream Girls yeah. would be in the fucking running. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Much. Um. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Anyway, so yeah, so you have. A very musically talented family. The yes. actors, not the characters necessarily. But the only one that sings. We see uh, uh, Idris Elba play sax and piano. At least piano reel. I'm willing to bet he didn't actually. Play. I looked it up. He's not actually playing the sax. He said he learned to fake how it. to fake it. But yeah. I imagine because he's a professional musician, he was playing the piano. Yeah um which new kink unlocked anyway uh, tarps idris elba with a musical instrument wearing like a like a jazz musician hat you know the one i'm talking about it's like a newsies Mm -hmm. cap but sexier um it did things to me anyway the only person they let sing in this is chris brown and we're gonna get into the chris brown of it all but for this time being i am gonna call he has a lovely singing voice but i was like i want everyone else to to chime in i want to i want a family musical performance and we never got it and i was bummed so we had to watch anyway it's about all these kids come home for mm-hmm. christmas to their mother's home lord of divine 
the father left shortly after Chris Brown, the baby who they quite literally call baby was born Coco style. She's like, music makes the men leave. We find out very early on that Idris Elba, the eldest is a jazz musician. He lives in Chicago or at least the back lot of an LA uh, studio. They've made to look like Chicago. Um, And he's in a, a spot of trouble with some bookies. Um, Mm -hmm. So he running from the bookies does end up coming home for Christmas, but he hasn't been home in four years because music makes the men leave. Mm -hmm. Um, She has a partner who she's been with since like pretty soon after her husband left. Cause at one point he talks about like Idris Elba in the sixth grade or something. And it's like, Oh, you raised these children. Like he definitely. I at one point was like trying to math the math of like these children's ages and how long Joe's been around and like when people left. And I was like, I feel like it, like we kind of gave up on the numbers at some yeah, point, not, but he, but he raised. But them. yes, like he's been around for a very long time. Um, he definitely raised like the young, like Lauren London and Chris Brown, who I think are the youngest. Chris Brown, that's actually like one of my favorite relationships in this movie is the relationship between Joe, the like stepdad, and the Chris Brown character baby. But they're also because- not married, and the kids don't think they live together. They're like he lives somewhere else. Like he's been. Your mother for like 20 years like yeah like he lives mom here fucks, okay um but like chris brown's care chris brown very much treats him like his dad like he doesn't have any like holdups about him whereas like some of the other kids have like holdups because they remember their dad and, and that like chris brown treats joe like he is his dad the way like, these children treat joe joe a man we should all if you are someone who dates men, you should look to end up with a man like Joe. If you are a man, you should watch this movie and be like fucking Joe because he is a king amongst men. Yes. And the way some of these children, Idris Elba, chiefly, treat this man who has raised them like their own blood. And at yeah. one point, halfway through the movie, spoiler alert, obviously, I was like, when we found out like how much trouble Idris Elba was in, I was like, obviously, Joe's going to pay it off. And then when he did, Ben shook my hand. And I was like, that wasn't a, it didn't feel like a reveal to me because that's who this man is. He saved his child. And then he said, and that's when he said the thing, like, remember when I did it to you when you were in the sixth grade and I saved you from those bullies beating you up? And I wanted to be like, Idris Elba, have, put some fucking respect on Joe's name. This yeah. is a Joe Stan podcast. <laughs> the all Stan future, literally raised you. All future rom-com men will be measured on a scale of zero to Joe. Who, by the way, is played by Delroy Lindo, who, I mean... Talk about sexiness. At one point, yeah. he and Idris Elba were, like, arguing. And I was like, what if you kissed? Right? <laughs> like, what if you just kissed a little bit? For me. <laughs> as a little treat. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. Delroy Lindo plays. This is a an all-star cast. He also, like, the other thing about Joe is, like, yes, he like raised these children like they were his own he treats them like their own he's there for them like no matter what they need but the way that he loves Shirley like the way he loves Loretta Divine after she got left by this man who was like I just want to play music I'm going to London like we have six children but deuces oh, and then Joe that steps in fuck and senior. like it's just like you are the most amazing woman I want to be around you all the time let I me help you raise your children you. like not only like does he want to raise her children, but like he just thinks she is like the greatest thing ever. He's also, he's like a deacon it. of their church, but also like it's kind of a sexually progressive family. Like they're joking about uh there's some like Regina King has some backwards ass beliefs. Her character, not Regina King, but Lisa. But like they make a joke about like Lauren London coming home with a new boy every year. And 
and uh they're a little they the loretta divine in particular is um to what's the kelly the one played by the fourth dream girl yeah um, Kelly is like why won't you just settle down with a man and she's like because i am happy with kelly is also like <laughs> i stand her greatest character um she's like why can't you just settle down with a man but they also make jokes about like like loving jokes about uh her like independent single lady sexiness um yeah like he just like loves and accept but him and Letter- loretta divine just like love and accept their children yeah um yes. anyway i also there's like eight oh, sorry go ahead no no i don't know what i was gonna say there's go like ahead. eight there's like a storyline for each child and they have ex- except lauren london her storyline is like i've been in college a long time because i follow whatever my boyfriend does and it's like okay can this guy stick around because he seems nice enough um yeah lauren london very much is just there to like give us exposition and be nice to columbus short's white wife (laughs) like the plot to everybody here's we maybe we're just here for a good time like i'm just here for the food you know because i am choosing to believe based on the like writer directorness of it all and the like the fact that the writer director's last name is whitmore and this family's whitfield i'm choosing to believe this there's some like based in his own family like maybe he just has five siblings and they felt the need to write five siblings and it was like we maybe could have lost one, you know? Like, there was maybe room to lose Lauren London. She's lovely. Her eyebrows thin as can be because it's 2007. But what is she adding? Anyway. I mean, I do find her very appealing She to was watch. funny. Like, she, she's beautiful. Yeah. She was funny. So she's, like, the comic relief and our sort of, like, I think we also get the benefit of she brought someone new home so she can explain things to him and therefore explain them to the audience. Like, it's a good way to do yes. exposition of, like, here's the history of our family that isn't just, like, hey, let me explain to you the, his- there's the history of our family. There's also a cousin that's pointless, except he makes one weird joke about wanting to have sex with his cousin. Uh, or he says, like, man, if you weren't my cousin, which isn't something we say. <laughs> No, it's weird. It's um, real weird. Other than that, he does little to nothing. Uh, but I anyway. do think the other, like, because she's the baby girl of the family, like, when she brings home a guy, like, her older brothers get to fuck with him, which is fun. Like, there yeah. is some, she helps sort of flush out, like, the dynamics yes. in the family, for sure. Um. Yeah, that was a fun little scene where they were all um messing with him. Yeah. Um. Uh, Regina King is the oldest girl. She is married to a man who, from the get-go, is shown us to be a crap human being. Regina He's- King is very much the embodiment of the eldest daughter stereotype of, like, she has been running the family business. She is the caretaker. Changed. Like, she helped raise her younger siblings. She uh, raises her husband um you know like she is the embodiment of like the eldest daughter her husband sucks we find out that he's trying to get her to get her to convince her siblings to sell all their stake in the family business so that he can like so that they can control it and and it's like he's also like obviously cheating on her he at one point like she's getting like in the very beginning the first time we see him she's like getting they have two kids she's like getting the kids ready to leave and i presumably drive to their grandmother's house and he's like i wanted you to be ready and outside at this time and it's like are you fucking helping like what's your deal bro he's obsessed with his car 
Um, he had his name put on the front of his Escalade. So great characterization of a guy we hate. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing redeeming about him. And the second sister, Kelly, is like, keeps being like, yeah, he's garbage. I hate him. Oh, and at one point she has a really good line. Oh, and Regina King did not go to college. And it's like an insecurity she has. She got married and she raised children instead. And he at one point says something about going to Princeton. And Kelly's like, I went to Harvard. And I was like, oh, that's such a good like, fuck you. You're not better than me. You care that he I went also, to a better Ivy League school than you. He also brings it up in the context of Keith Robinson's character, who I, Devin, his name oh, is right. Devin. He brings it up because Devin goes to an HBCU. So does, of which he's so like, does Lauren London, who's, but the, she goes Lauren to Spellman London. and he goes she, to Morehouse. Right. So like he goes to the, the male school and she goes to the female school. Both and like both of them are very proud of this. Devin in particular, like, feels like it's very much part of his identity. He's very proud of it. And Laz Alonzo, um, who Malcolm. plays Regina King's son, Malcolm, Malcolm who's the dick, like Sucks. challenges him on this and is like, it's like somehow more prestigious to have gone to like a his uh like a PWI. And what's a PWI? Uh, predominantly white institution but also because um, he went to an ivy league i think is part he's like right. i went to an ivy league he's got that thing he has that characterization of like i'm a black man who made it alongside these white people kind of right. thing. like it's a little bit like it's like all right this is some internalized racism racism yes. shit you gotta yes. unpack my guy like yeah he embodies like internalized racism and uh, misogyny uh the imbalance of the mental and emotional load he is all of the things all of the the bad male things all of the things kelly's like D dump his ass <laughs> and she's right yeah um and even her other siblings like they're nicer to malcolm but none of them like him <laughs> no um he also keeps referring to morehouse and spellman as black only colleges and it's like these aren't like prejudiced universities like anyone can apply to them and person of any race can be accepted to them they are historically black and therefore predominantly black but there was something like cutting to the way he was like that they're black only it's sort of like you're not competing with the best of the best and it's like right that's exactly morehouse what it is. like isn't it like on par with an ivy like isn't it like a really fucking good school? yeah both morehouse and spellman and howard which is the other like predominantly or historically black uh university like in that area um are all like really good schools yeah this guy just he he blows he sucks anyway anyway um keith anderson gives a good like here's what i like about it like yes and it's lovely and i hope she stays with him but finds what she wants to do not based on what her boyfriend does Yes, we we get no resolution to that um, story that's introduced at all. I choose to believe they stay together if it makes them both yeah. happy. Um, okay, so here storylines. Idris Elba uh, owes a lot of money to bookies, uh, comes home because he's run away. Reg uh, Regina King, shitty marriage. Kelly, the next sister, um, sort of just like... <laughs> living her best life she's kind of like yeah i'm a single woman i live in new york city i have it seems like i have a really incredible job um while i'm out at a bar with my siblings i'm gonna meet makai pfeiffer and have sex with him a bunch and then fall in love like girl get it 
Um, yes, very little drama in her story. Well, yeah. her story, yeah, her, right. her storyline, her like dramatic part of her storyline is the criticism of Regina King's choices and sort of like their obviously regina king like dumps the shit husband at some point and then like announces it to her family at christmas dinner and i'm like your children are there do you want to have like maybe a side combo with them no 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 it's fine and right. in dumping the them, children do not speak they have no, no purpose whatsoever in except- dumping her husband commits several crimes and don't get me wrong i was on her side i was like yes in dumping her husband she he's in the shower she laces the floor with baby oil so when he steps out of the shower he will slip and he slips like comically and like in a way that doesn't harm him in any way but I'm like, he could have cracked his skull. Like you, that's attempted murder. It's so <laughs> dangerous. Regina King, I'm on your side. But also, I, I feel like Kelly is a lawyer. I was like, maybe maybe get your lawyer in on this. Um, she also runs his car into the LA River. This is back in the time when there was water in the LA River. What a time. Which again, big old crime, but I support you. Women do more crimes right. against me- bad men. Um, and then beats him with a belt. And again, I support you, but this would all be really, really painful to him. Like this would also this like am so I much more damage believe... than we're claiming it causes. Also, like, am I supposed to believe that he's not a fucking litigious person? Like he would oh, not. He is he is charging her with assault. Which right. again, I'm on her side. He had the case for. Her. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that we end this movie before we have to get into into any of the like divorce drama. Yeah. We're just like, we're not touching that. It ends up like I am filing All for divorce. Well. Whatever. He's gonna go to New York with his side piece. He flies right, from right. Los Angeles to New York and for one night to have sex. Maybe her pussy is magical, Allison. You don't know. I was like, you gotta have a you got you can find a side piece in LA, my guy. Anyway. Um, so um, Kelly's story is sort of in with Regina King's story. Yes. Um, I will say, like, the interesting or the thing I like about the Kelly Regina King story is um it's not ever that Kelly is critical of her sister's choices. It's that no, she's, she's like critical of that man. <laughs> she's critical of the man, and she's also like, stop like justifying your choices to, to yes. the rest of us like they were your choices if you're not happy with them fucking change it well and stop accepting less than what you deserve right. if you if you right. have this insecurity about not having gone to college go to fucking college right it's not too late if you don't want to go to college and you want to raise children by all well, means and because that. like she has the means to do it obviously like you know if you haven't whatever but like you have the means you have the support system well, well not your husband but like she, everybody else she says some line at something about like don't oh she's being critical of Kelly having a one night stand with Mackay Pfeiffer and a little like the younger sister Lauren London and Kelly are like making jokes about how she um got laid and it's it's cute and it's like sisterly banter and then Regina King is very judgmental of like I hope you use protection like I can't believe oh I can't believe you gave it up as if sex is something women and like Kelly calls her she's like she doesn't say this explicitly but the undertone is very much like sex is not something women give to men she says like if anyone was giving anything i was he was giving and i was receiving like it was mm-hmm. um which is something i believe about makai pfeiffer i think he's probably a very generous lover um sure <laughs> why not uh and then regina king says something like uh just be careful you don't get pregnant accidentally pregnant because then you'll end up with two kids calling you mommy and then she's like oh fuck did i say that out loud and it's clearly like she wanted more for herself and ended up in a situation she now doesn't feel like she can leave. Right. Um, which is hard, which is yeah complicated. And she doesn't... Empty like, for her. 
Yeah. And she doesn't work outside the home. So like she doesn't have a lot of like independent financial freedom other than the fact that like she's the one that does own the stake in the dry cleaners. So like she does have that going for her. Like, I'm so sorry. This family is loaded, right? Like they keep being like, how's mom going to live if we sell the dry cleaners? And I'm like, you have this beautiful home that I assume is paid off because it's like the family home. You have an in-home housekeeper. Like, somebody let Rosie go be with her family on Christmas. My God. She's in the family picture. And I'm like, does Rosie not have her own family? Let Rosie be. No. <laughs> I love her. Mo- I love Kelly's monologue. I love the fight. Which and then, monologue? And then the little The fight sister. in the rain? Mm-hmm. Ben kept being like, they're well. going to fight in the rain. And I'm like, of course they're going to fight in the rain. They're standing outside and it's raining. They're And they're under, like, a pergola. They're about to go fight in the rain. Yeah. We're not. Um, They do. They have, like, a. It's very much reminded me of your children put on a fight show for us the other day. It was that kind of fighting. Like, it wasn't good. Right. No, they these two um, women don't know how to fight at all. But that made it funny. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also at one point. Uh, oh, so Makai Pfeiffer, because of the family drama, uh, the dream girl, Kelly, doesn't call him back. He, like, calls her and she, like, doesn't call him back right away. So he shows up dressed as Santa, which is a move. Um, a woman doesn't like, call you back. to the children yeah i mean it worked but it was like can you imagine the confidence if i had sex with a man and then called him the next day and he didn't respond i'd be like well now i have to die like my my move would not be like i need to go dressed up to his house yes but the way that from the moment this man appears on screen he is just dripping with swag what do the kids call it riz is that what the kids calling it these i have days? no idea i learned about delulu like 45 minutes ago Anyway, this the way that Mackay Pfeiffer, I don't know if it's Mackay Pfeiffer or his character, but the way that this man is just oozing suave. So hot. So hot. Um, he okay, could show but up then... dressed up as like a fucking Christmas elf and everyone and it would be hot as fuck. But then the two younger sisters are having like a funny conversation. <laughs> he comes up dressed as Santa and Lauren London's like, did you have sex with Santa last night? And uh, Kelly is like, I didn't know he was Santa at the time, but I guess technically, yeah, I had sex. And it's just like a funny little like, you you had sex with Santa. And it was like, somebody hire me <laughs> to write the movie where a woman has a one night, they like goes home with a man and finds out the next morning that he's Santa. Like, that is the Christmas rom-com we are missing. Uh, trademark, 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 trademark. I like, I'm selling it. That's genius. I'm writing it. But here's the question. Who Mrs. Claus doesn't exist. Between Hillary Burton, Bethany Joy Les, and <laughs> Janet Greenberg. I mean, what's Lauren London doing? Because maybe she's available. Oh, it's true. <laughs> she just made that movie with um She was she was in the new like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with why am I blanking on uh, Jonah Hill with Jonah. Talk about talk about Schmansel. Oh, her eyebrows have gotten so... I'm so happy for her. Um, Lauren London is one of those actors where, like, I know who Lauren London is, but, like, I don't know who Lauren London is. You know what I mean? Like, I could not tell you... Ben, like, when he was looking up the IMDb of this, was like, is this her? And I'm like, yeah. And I think, he, I think like, because her eyebrows are no longer 2007's getting, like, thin. I mean, she, like... She's stunning. I, she's beautiful. I asked Ben like halfway through. I was like, if he, oh, oh, she was with Nipsey Hussle when he died. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so sad. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's not, let's not dwell in sadness. 
Um, he Ben was like, "Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's just like beautiful." Oh, I said like this isn't really a rom com, and he was like, "I don't know. It's, there's beautiful people, and they're making out with each other." And I was like, "Fair enough. Rom com counts." And at one point, he referred to her and Kelly. He was like, oh, "The two hot sisters." <laughs> Um, he got very. Ex- oh, I mean, when, all was- the sisters. This family is beautiful. There's literally not an unattractive yeah, human being the- in the family. Yeah, because they're cast by cele- like Hollywood actors. <laughs> I know, but it's just like the most stunning family. Anyway, that was the last thing I wanted to say about the Santa. The like you'd had sex with Santa run. I found very humorous, and now I want to write a movie where yes. someone goes home with a man only to discover the next morning that he's Santa if i won't quit writing if someone will let me write that movie the columbus short storyline is he is a soldier we think on leave for holidays what why are you shaking your head storyline is it's insane so banana pants i feel it's insane in the fact that like they're like yes you've gone awol but we'll let you spend christmas with your family for it's like no i don't know anything about the military industrial complex but i think if you leave without leave you don't get to spend christmas i think you go to jail i don't think it's christmas i don't think you get to spend christmas with your family no we meet his white girlfriend i was i was like i feel like that is like like a military consultant he did look good in this is real it's, I don't need a military consultant. It's hundred and it's not real. Because he gets arrested because these two, he like shows up at the bar. His siblings have tagged along, and he was like, "Shoot, I was just supposed to go meet this girl." And we think like the reason he doesn't want his family to know about her is that she's white. Turns out he doesn't want his family to know about her because he married her, and he needs to explain that before introducing her. Um. So he like has her laid up at a hotel, and I'm like, why? Is she not spending Christmas with her family? It's because they're racist, we learn. Come to find out they're racist. At one point, Lauren London looking at her and she's like, I just want to get all this straight. You are married to my brother. You are pregnant. My brother is AWOL and currently in jail. My other brothers are trying to legally deal with that to get him out. And your parents are racist. <laughs> and then she just like hugs her. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. That's a lot. That's a lot, okay, That's a lot to take on around the holidays. <laughs> And she didn't say and she was just like and your parents don't like him because he's black and i'm like why are we not saying race it sounds like her parents are fucking racist yeah that sounds like they don't like him. she says they don't like him because he's black that's the very definition anyway we think and there's like two guys are flirting with her at the bar and columbus short walks up and she's very quick to be like bye like i'm with him and he seems a little jealous and she's like what are you like fucking jealous and then the guys come up to him later. Oh, and he says, like, you can't meet my family. My family all got here. And she's like, oh, let me meet him. And he's like, no, go back to the hotel. And I'm like, they believe him, but she can't. She's pregnant and married to him. Um, She does go back to the hotel. And the two guys that were hitting on her bar, bar come up to Columbus short and make a joke about white women uh, being really good at blowjobs, which like, thank you. Um, But it is insulting to his <laughs> wife. <laughs> I was like how flattering <laughs> um so he pulls a gun on them which is a thing you're not supposed to do <laughs> particularly with your service pistol when you're a wall from the marine corps ben was like this is going to be a storyline about ptsd and then he was wrong <laughs> like um no he was just mad at them for making a crack about his wife being good at giving blowjobs at some point there's like they said something about like white women's white women's best places on their knees or something and i was like man doesn't offend me (laughs) at what point doesn't seem like that big a deal there's a one-off line about like 
how he's always been impulsive or something. And I was like, are we going to explore that more? Like, is there a, like, no, we don't go anywhere with that. Like, what nothing. He got married to a woman without telling his family. Right. And not because she's pregnant, it's made clear because he doesn't even know she's pregnant. In fact, at the end of this movie, he still doesn't know she's pregnant. So much don't. <laughs> Um, but it is jail. implied that they got married be- oh yeah he's in- he's going to he will spend the i don't know how long you go away for a wall i don't understand but it's probably not good um i tried to google it it's very confusing there's a reason i'm not a military lawyer well at one point joe was like i he, so he so he gets arrested for having pulled the gun in the club but then someone's like so uh quentin idris elba like goes down to like figure it out and talk to them um and he's like the club's dropping the charges because like in these situations like no it's a club no one sees what they see like i believed the club dropping the charges they're like but he can't come back out because he's a wall and then joe says to loretta divine like um i have a friend who owes me a couple favors and he says his like station and again i don't understand military station but ben was like i think you're gonna need someone higher up than that <laughs> truly i had the same thought i was like i'm not sure that's gonna like undo military protocol like they're very well, yes and it was just like so protocols. we can see him before he gets shipped back and i was like guys call a lawyer <laughs> like um they also anyway, at one the point f- were like do we need to get him a lawyer and i think it was eater's elbow was like well no it's in the military hands now like and i was like you could still get i was like lawyer. i still think lawyer is fine there I are vote lawyers lawyer. who specifically do this kind of work um we find out that like the fear of introducing this woman to the family was not actually because they would have any level of problem with her race. In fact, Loretta Devine is like, you're my daughter now. Get in here. You're staying here for Christmas. Let me make you up a bed. Although they give her a pullout couch, albeit in a beautiful room with a, every room in this house has a fireplace. This is my dream house. I literally have a note bedroom fireplace. Cause at one point Loretta Devine's just like lounging in her Loretta Devine is going bedroom. to bed. Yes. And but then every room has a fireplace. And I was, I said, I would never sell this house. They're talking about selling this house. I was like, I would never, never. If I was ever. Loretta Divine, and my children were trying to do this to me, I was like, out of my cold dead hands, you assholes. And if I were one of the children, I'd be like, once her dead hands are going, I'm moving in, babes. You can come or you can leave. But like, this is the perfect house. Um. Anyway, they have the pre- her like pregnant daughter in law on the pullout couch, and the bookies get beds. My guys. Let's put the pregnant woman on the bed and the bookies can share the pullout couch. Okay. Right. Those are criminals trying to beat the shit out of your son because he owes them a lot of money because your son is also a criminal. Let's let's let the pregnant lady have half the bed. Anyway, she seemed comfy on the pullout couch. Yeah. And my point is like, she was immediately accepted. She was like, you're staying for dinner. You're staying here. We're all going to work this out. What a shock that our son is married, but don't worry he still gets to come home for christmas because awol's not that big a deal wild and everyone seems happy that storyline just i was like i don't i don't know what we're doing here but i love it i love that we live in a world where like regina king drives her husband's car into a river we never have to face consequences and this man goes awol from the army and the consequences are like meh well and there are bookies spending the night they're like we'll just stay here until you can pay us so yeah. I guess we're spending Christmas. Like, do bookies not have their own families to spend Christmas with? They're like, Idris Elba's going to pay us money any day now. And then Idris Elba tries to run, and Delroy Lindo shows up, um, pulls one of their guns, says, here's $10,000. He owes them thirty, But he's like, you can take this 10000 or I'll shoot you or call the cops. What do you want? And they're like, we'll take the 10000 Merry Christmas. Bye-bye now. 
And then Idris Elba is like, all my hatred towards you for all the years because you're not my father are now forgiven. And it's like, yeah, you know why? Because this man's a prince. Right. Idris Elba says in a, I would never want to offend Idris Elba. His accent work has much improved from this point. There were some things I said where I was like, you just didn't even try. You just said that in a full British accent. Yeah. There were a Um, couple words where I was like, oh, we just like got transported to London. Yeah. The thickest London accent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, somebody hired him a dialect coach at some point. Well, this is also like peak. After this. Although, to um, be fair, this is peak The Wire, where he was not playing, where he was playing an American. And I don't remember, and I haven't watched The Wire in the Mountain, but I don't remember his accent. I feel like my memory of his accent in The Wire is like, I remember learning he was British and being like, oh, I never would have known. And it's like, did you just phone right. in for this? Yeah. Yeah. I am almost certain that Idris Elba put in like, I don't know, a couple weeks worth of work on this movie. You know what I'm saying? And like collected his check. Yeah. And was hot and played a piano, a piano that's been in the garage for like at least a decade and is a beautiful tuned. piano. He at one point says it needs to be tuned, and it was like, I don't know, whatever you just played sounded right. A beautiful piano stuffed in the garage. Yeah. Well, because we hate music. These people. The, because music makes the men leave. Right. Mama Coco. Um, Chris Brown. I texted you at one point and I said, you want to start you want me to start where like there's lots i'm so sorry to say he is adorable and has such a sweet singing voice now the song choice was terrible they have her they have him singing try a little tenderness and it's like oh you need so much more pain and hurt to sing the song it seems like a beautiful pop version of try a little tenderness and i was like no i want to hear the pain chris um i said what a waste what a waste um so because he's not a great actor like this is a movie populated with like great actors he's not one of them but he's cute he's little like he's he's 18 and he's supposed to be 18 and he is actually 18 chris brown and i i think are the same age this was made in 2007 he'd be 18 years old he has like the babiest little face a baby Mm -hmm. like a little baby singing voice i said to ben i was like he was supposed to have like an usher type career like he was Mm -hmm. supposed to have like because this was the time where he was all over the radio where he was they were putting him in movies they were doing all like he was supposed to be the next usher and he this, has in that. a lot like, of ways has, like because dance, he sings he, twice like he does have two musical numbers and this very much feels like a chris brown stardom vehicle yeah like that's part of what we were doing here and the sad i mean it's incredibly sad and awful that he did what he did to rihanna it's also i said like there was what he did was abhorrent those pictures are haunting there was a world because i think that took place like two years after this so he was very young there was a world where he got therapy and worked on himself and apologized and it never was accused of anything like that again and could have had still had maybe not the same level of career he would have but still had something and he does still he still makes i'm not like worried about chris brown but like that hasn't happened so it's a real bummer because 
because I find him unfortunately quite charming in this. And he's wildly talented. Like, yes, he's 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 an 18 year old actor in this. Like, he doesn't need to be doing a lot. Like, his purpose there is to be the baby of the family. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his given name is. They just call him baby. <laughs> it's Michael. But yes, like he just unimportant. Um, he does what he needs to do. He's very sweet. He's very he's he has very a much sweet like little innocent baby like voice. The goofball that like everybody takes care of in the family, right? Um, and the relationship between him and Delroy Lindo, I absolutely love. Um, I did some Googling yesterday because I was kind of like, I've sort of avoided like Chris Brown in the last 10-ish years. He's put out music. He's made money. He's been he's, fine. No, he's put out music. He's made money. He has. Certainly not to the level he would have. But... Some therapy. Um, He is a very damaged person he was um he was a victim of rape as a child um jesus yeah he like as i was reading about him and like he also um has been on and off various substances over the years like there are stories about how like his bodyguards would like periodically like check his pulse when he's sleeping because they're afraid he's just gonna like od in his sleep this is like he feels like the classic like hurt people hurt people story Mm -hmm. you know like this is a very damaged human being who i think has gotten some help but probably not to the level that he needs because he's still like very much dealing with his trauma and it sounds like then that plays out in like the way that he interacts in his relationships um and unfortunately like i do think he's done some work but like he's never like fully done a mia culpa he's kind of like let his subsequent relationships like the women like speak for him kind of which is not always He's mm-hmm. never like taken his own responsibility, which I think is the piece that's missing, um, or his own accountability, and and so it's all it's all a very sad story because, like, it's it's sad that like he's has that trauma. It's sad that he has not been able to heal from that trauma. It is sad that he has hurt other people in the. As a result, as a result of that trauma, um, and not that like you would wish that on anybody, but like it also sucks that like this is a guy whose career was, I mean, he was on track to be a fucking mega superstar, mm-hmm. and and then not that he doesn't have a career, he does, but like it just, I don't think has ever gotten to the. He would have been. He would have been huge. Well, that was making expected usher, in two thousand and seven. Yeah. make an usher comparison but like it like he never was able to hit the sort of like heights that usher hit at the height of his singing career and now usher has this like incredibly successful producing career like chris brown will never have that because of that and i think that's the thing of like when we talk about we don't in any way want to make light of or make excuses for the abuse he inflicted but also like i think a lot of times what's missing in these conversations is the ability to hold two truths Mm -hmm. and like it can be incredibly sad that he himself was abused while not excusing and still being incredibly sad that he hurt someone else like i don't know i just i just never want to forget that like he was also a person who was also harmed you i mean like carrie worked with 
like kids in the juvenile justice system. So I think you have an, a unique perspective on this, but like people are deserving of grace and love and thought while still never saying like, while still never excusing the way he behaved or what he did to a woman. And it's sad to watch. And I have, I have avoided us watching this movie because I'm like, I don't want to deal with the Chris Brown of it, but like, there's something to like, he's so, he's, he does feel like a a kid. I mean, he is a kid, he's 18, but he feels so like little and sweet and innocent. His storyline is like, he wants to be a musician. So he has to secretly do it because, you know, mom, the music makes her men go away. Um, And he has this like sweet innocentness and his voice is so angelic. Again, it is not try a little tenderness was not the right song, but he has this like angelic, lovely singing voice and he's got swag and he has dance moves and he's so cute. And it's sort of like, oh, wouldn't it be nice in another universe to be watching this and be like, can you can you believe that like the superstar we now know is Chris Brown? Like this is where he started. It's so cute. And instead we have to be like, oh, can you imagine what would have become of him had he not been traumatized and then he not behaved in the way he behaved like what an absolute bummer yeah well and i do think like there's a lot of i think the other like thing that that sometimes gets lost in these conversations is the aspect or like the importance of accountability and like i do think very much like that's the piece that's missing in this whole narrative similarly i think that that's the piece that's missing with columbus short and like he's another one who as far as i know has never taken accountability for what went on between him and his no i I looked it up he pled not guilty and he's never come away from that he what pled not guilty yeah to (laughs) domestic uh violence and child endangerment because he allegedly uh attacked his wife with, with their child present so he was charged with both yeah and i mean there's a difference again like as the lawyer like there's a difference between like pleading not guilty in the context of a court case and like later taking accountability for it but like columbus short's another one who yeah we know that pleading guilty doesn't make you guilty right whose career and pleading not guilty doesn't necessarily mean anything but he's another one whose like career was on the rise he was he was on scandal he was on the most popular television show at the time he was a leading character he was you know poised to be on that show for seasons to come and and he got fired you know and kind of don't fuck with i that haven't shit. seen him in anything since I, you know and i've i've heard nary a word from him since then um uh, yeah, and I think, like, you talk about accountability. I think, like, too often in this, like, quote-unquote cancel culture conversation, I, very few people that I listen to or trust or I think are actually speaking out about these things are actually calling for anyone accused of violent crimes to be canceled. Um, what we're asking for is for people to be held accountable. Right. Um, And without sort of, like, doing the actual work Like, I don't, I said this earlier, had Chris Brown demonstrated that he had done the work and never been accused of something like this again, I would have been like, all right. And again, like, I'm not Rihanna. He's not my person to forgive. He did not do anything to me. But it would have been like, okay, 
we we love to see it. We love people getting better. Which and doesn't... we should say she has, like, yeah, said like we're cool. I also think she's like, I mean, it was almost a decade ago, a little less than more a like so. more so. Oh my god, it was almost twenty years ago. <laughs> it was no, it was like fifteen. Yeah, it was a long time uh, ago. It was. I looked it up yesterday. It was two that. It was after this, but not long. Yeah. Um. And Rihanna has a very successful career and is married and has children and like, uh, of course she's moved on with her life and like her, like luckily her, you know, health and well being doesn't seem all that like. I it sounds like she probably got herself some therapy to deal with it, whatever. But like, I, I just think what we're asking for is men who do these awful, horrible, violent crimes be held accountable and do the work to make amends and do the accountability work and that so little happens i will say also like i don't know that we have no there are plenty of direct comparisons and maybe it's a level of celebrity there's also the race aspect to this like there are plenty of white actors who have been accused of violence against women and their careers have not taken the hit that columbus shorts have or chris Chris brown yeah that's not to say that like Chris Brown and Columbus shirt short deserve more of a career, but like Mel Gibson deserves less. That's not a great comparison. Mel Gibson was the biggest movie star in the world. He is not, you know, his career absolutely did take a hit. He's still making plenty of fucking movies. No, you know? but I do think it's worth noting that like, if Chris Brown, you know, it, it's hard to say for sure, but like, I think that it's fair to say that if Chris Brown or Columbus short were white men, they, they'd still be around more than they are. They also just like played into a stereotype of what racist idea of an angry black man is like. Yeah. There's a line in this uh, after Columbus Short pulls the gun in the club where Idris Elba says to him, like, we can't behave like that. And the undercurrent is you don't have the benefit of behaving like behaving like that because then you're playing into what racist white people think of black men, which is violent. And there's a whole unpacking to that conversation. And my belief is sort of like why should any marginalized person have to be quote-unquote better just so that like racists will accept them like right because they're going to face greater consequences for behaving badly and the answer is because this world is still incredibly racist and so it's a whole like complicated nuanced conversation but i think like that is that's like a, that's what Denzel Washington allegedly said to Will Smith after the Oscars was like you can't you can't do that because then that's what they'll think of us and it's sort mm-hmm. of like that sucks that sucks it sucks yeah. that people can't just be complicated messy and nuanced and not have it be like we have to behave better because otherwise we're playing into the stereotypes that racists have you know yeah yeah uh, and I all that I, to say like I. I think without accountability, I'm not saying that Columbus Short and Chris Brown deserve more of a career. I think Sean Penn, Mel Gibson, Gary Oldman, I can keep going, maybe deserve greater consequences and avoided them because they're white men. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't have any doubt in my mind that there are their careers suffered in part because of their race yeah uh, um and again it, it you know just it sucks um 
but this movie doesn't no carrie this movie is better than the family stone i can't wait to have fights with people about like the family stone heads come for allison not for me although i will say tell me right now you like this better than the family stone carrie don't you leave me out here alone yeah do i think okay so like i'm I'm comparing them because like family christmas dramedy you know do I think that, like, on the whole, The Family Stone is probably a better written movie? Maybe. With the there are some, the like, plot point. points. There are some, like, plot points in this where I'm like, oh, we're just breezing right past it. But there's, that's sort of, like, the tone of it. Like, the bookies spend the night at the house. Like, right. there is, Regina King runs his car into the river and then attempt murder attempts him. And it's all funny. And it is legitimately all funny. Like, they attempted a tone that they then achieved. Yes. And this so I for think me like, the it's far, goofy. there's a goofiness to it. Yes. And a joy. Like this movie is meant to be joyful in a way that I don't think the family stone is like this for me is the far. If I'm sitting down to like watch a Christmas movie and feel like the joy and the warmth and like the spirit of Christmas, I am choosing this movie hundred percent this is the far more watchable of the two i also think there's something to these like family christmas movies where like part of and this is sort of what you're talking about is the joy but it's like which family would i want to be with on christmas and the family stone is kind of like you all you all like a little bit hate each other and there's no music like and you're messy as fuck yeah well this family is also messy as fuck but like but there's a there's like a it just looks like a house you'd want to be in at Christmas. And part of that is the fireplace in every room. And part yeah. of that is like the Loretta Devine's character is, is this like consummate mother. Her children are coming home. Like Delroy Lindo is this loving, caring, funny father who got his kid a camera so he can be taking pictures of and then, and then Chris Brown, because he's little and cute for his Christmas present, like makes them a little book of all the pictures he took with his camera, which is just like such a perfect 18 year old present to his family. Cause he has no money of his own. He's, he's a teenager who lives at home. Mm-hmm. Um, So he makes them a little th- like, it's so, this is just like a family you'd want to join. And I think they sort of demonstrate that with um Keith Robinson and I'm, I don't know the actress's name, but the, the columbus shorts wife whereas they like come into this home and they get a little picked on and they get a particularly keith robinson the wife has been through enough her husband's in jail (laughs) um but they're immediately like no come in uh let me make you a plate loretta divine says to the bookies you must be friends of quentin's come in let me make you a plate it's like loretta don't make them a plate they're trying to beat the shit out of your son i also think that like the difference like the reason that this movie works you know, there's lots of, like, family Christmas movies out there, right? Like, the reason that this one works so well is because they all talk to each other in a way that you would expect families to talk to each other. Yeah. Like, they are are loving and supportive, but they also, like, razz each other and call each other on their shit and, like, have years-long, you know, debates and discussions and rivalries. Um, and fight. And fight. Yeah, like, there's just – it feels – very authentic and you know i think that goes back to your theory about the writer you know having some of this like based in truth because it it feels like whoever wrote this comes from 
a big family family like this yeah yeah and like has siblings and know how siblings talk to each other yeah which like i guess is sort of there's aspects of that in the family stone but mostly it's just like why do like i don't know we don't have to rehash the family stone this is a movie that i don't watch the family stone every year in fact i only watch it when mom wants to or because she forgets that we don't like it or we're watching it for this podcast like this is one that'll now like be in my holiday movie rotation Mm -hmm. and i'm sad that i didn't i'm sad that the chris brown of it all kept me from it this long yeah because it is lovely i wish there was a, a final musical number where they let everybody sing you also accused me of lying to you about this movie making you cry and it made me cry at the end it was when delroy lindo like showed up and saved idris elba's ass and i and they finally and idris elba finally acknowledged him as the father he he is and i was like this is just beautiful okay but i want to clarify that i think if we rolled tape on our last episode it's not that i told you that this movie wouldn't make you cry i told you that it wouldn't rip your heart and stomp on it in the way that best man holiday does and it does not do that no but what it does do similarly to best man holiday is tone mesh in a really good way like both of them have like aspects of goofiness again in best man holiday he runs off the field because he knows his wife is dying or his wife is dying or something and he like he just like senses it and runs home in like a beautiful christmas moment and at one point they're dancing in sparkly suits and then also there's this like very grounded real sad story of a woman dying of cancer luckily there's nobody dying of cancer in this movie um but the tone the like goofy joyful christmasness meshes really well with the more like grounded family drama yeah and that might be another thing that i think family stone is missing is i don't know that they ever achieve the goofiness they try but i don't know that they ever achieve the like goofy silliness in the way that like this or a best man holiday does Mm -hmm. yes yeah it feels much like like it feels heavier and i don't mean like the subject matter Mm -hmm. feels heavier but like sitting down to watch it like it gives you a heavier feeling well and like i think people does I think the argument to that would be like, yeah, well, Diane Keaton's has cancer and she hasn't told children, which like fair, but also like best man holiday, I think is even heavier than like has even heavier subject matter to deal with than family stone because it is a young mother of young children dying. Um, And I can't watch best man holiday every year because I don't want to, cry but like i would watch that before like if we're comparing these like family or friend group christmas dramas like i don't know family stone just doesn't achieve the like joyful goofiness that this -hmm. christmas or a best man holiday does yeah um i would love to have been in the meetings where billing was negotiated because the billing at the top of this movie is wild I don't know, like, how we decided who got billed where, because it just doesn't... It is 2007. Like, Idris Elba is presently, like, a prestige... I guess he was prestige at this time, because he was TV prestige. Yeah, but wider. like yeah. But I don't know that he was... Al, he's second build. Okay, never mind. He's, like, second He's or first build. Delroy Lindo. Well, Delroy build. Lindo is... Then I think. But it's then where's Loretta Devine? Chris Brown. Loretta Devine gets a like and. and. Well, the there end. was like a, wi- a special guest appearance from Mackay Pfeiffer, and it's like he's like seven scenes. He's just in this movie. 
Right. Um, um, yeah. So we get like a and you're get, right. Like, she gets the like Loretta and Divine. Loretta Divine. Okay. Well, that I get. We get. I think it's like Delroy Lindo, Chris Brown. Which again, this I think we're this is like we're trying we're in to make, the time. Yeah. Right. Idris Elba, and then from there it just is like a hodgepodge. I I know. I, I know. I at one point wondered if Regina it was alphabetical. King had not like become. It was not. Regina King was not. Regina King was not prestige yet. Re- like Regina right. King, like those, like those who knew knew, but like she hadn't like had her Oscar tour de force yet. Remember when yeah. mom, when remember when she won her Oscar, and mom was like, "Oh, good for Regina." And we were like, "Lol, you're good friend." And we talk about this every time Regina King comes up on this podcast. And mom was like, "Yeah, no, we used to do work and charities together." And it was like, "Right, like, okay, squeeze, squeeze way me. to drop that one in there, mom. Like you and right. Regina." Um, <laughs> but you're right. Like she, she was not you know she wasn't a director in her own right yet she hadn't won her i mean she just won her oscar like two years ago which don't don't get me started um but she was like you know like funny lady and all these right movies yeah yeah anyway it's just it's interesting to look at like now in our 2023 perspective of like okay yeah um I swear to God, I didn't like rewind and check this, but I swear to God that the two bookies switched names at one point. Like they introduced themselves and then like later they introduced themselves with the other's name. And I was like, also Loretta Divine calls one of them Duke at one point. I swear every time he introduces himself, it sounds like dude. It is. And maybe that's subtitles on. It's dude. I, Cause I was and like, she goes means... Duke and he says, no dude. His name, just like your child's dinosaur. Yeah. Your child's dinosaur in the bookie in this. The book- bookies are goofy. Like, yes. the threat is always there, which is nice, because then we need to have the moment of Delroy Lindo, like, saving Idris Elba. But they're, they're silly. They're supposed to be incompetent. Yeah. Well, and I don't think we ever want, like, a threat of, like, them. they're going to kill Idris Elba. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we want the threat that they're going to beat the shit out of him or they're going to ruin Christmas or they're going to like expose him to his family or whatever. But we don't ever want to think like there's an existential threat of death. We just want to be able to be like, look what a hero Delroy Lindo is for coming to save his kid. Right. Yeah. Um, every room in this house has a fireplace or like beautiful art. Lisa's room has the ugliest fucking flower. Like the wall color is an atrocious teal. And there's these, the, like, most boring flower art. It's like, mm-hmm. how did this room get passed over in the interior design? Where's her warm colors and fireplace and, like, beautiful jewel-toned art? Why does she get ugly pastel flowers and teal walls? Yeah. Mm. At one point, I wrote, Ray, the white wife. Go be with your own family, white girl. And her underneath wrote, oh, I'm sorry, they're racist. <laughs> when it's revealed that they're racist. I'm sorry that so I... Why is she just in a hotel? It's Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a racist family. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. No, me neither. Um, We've been recording so long. Yeah. This movie's delightful. Go watch it. It's, it's on delightful. 
Oh, yeah, it's free. It's if you have Peacock. I guess yeah. it's not free. I guess I pay nine ninety nine for you and me and many of our friends to have access to it. But uh, just kidding, Peacock. She's kidding. She's just kidding. kidding. It's just me. Every it's we all have our own. We all pay for our own streaming service. I mean, they're this the ones is. that have allowed us to have like seven um, different profiles. Okay. What are we watching next? Oh, I know what we're watching next. Uh, next, we are watching Four Christmases. Now we're scraping the bottom of the bear. We're watching Four Christmases. Next, um, next we're watching Four Christmases. A movie I haven't seen since I'm ashamed to say theaters. Same. I don't think I've seen it in a very Maybe long time. Me and Jamie time. went in whatever the fuck year that was, 2006. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we will next week. Um, Here's the thing. So bad movies make good episodes. Yeah. So join us for that. Uh, Please go to our Instagram and vote um for your picks in our 12 days of one tree hill christmas movies bracket i'm gonna look up where the voting is right now um on our first day by the time you're listening to this you're on like day four y'all gotta get on it we've had winners already so but you can join now not winners we've had advancers advancers right we don't have a winner yet uh all right Mm -hmm. what things are getting things are tight Oh, that one's not tight. Mm, a Biltmore Christmas is absolutely destroying a Christmas wish. But the other one is tight. Anyway. Oh, sad for a Christmas wish. Um, um, I voted for a Biltmore Christmas, so I'm happy it's destroying. I do, because it looks charming. Um, Thank you for your time. Um, we love you. Happy holidays. We'll see you in two weeks for, for Christmases and on our Patreon for whichever is winning this. And thanks so much. We love you. Bye. Bye.